Hello, my name is Hyunsung Kang and welcome to this podcast produced by the IMF in Washington, D.C. Earlier this year, an American publisher re-released an old book. Nothing unusual in that, you might say, except that this publication was reportedly endorsed by no lesser figure than billionaire financier Warren Buffett. The book, When Money Dies by Adam Ferguson, describes the human misery as Germany, one of the world's most prosperous economies in 1914, descends to a point less than a decade later when its currency, the mark, became virtually worthless. Earlier, I spoke to the author, Adam Ferguson, about his book and asked him for his reaction to the celebrity endorsement. I'm amazed, and of course, my publisher is over the moon about it. The publisher's dream to have a recommendation of that sort, whether or not it was a genuine one. So your book came out in 1975, but what do you think are the circumstances today which speak to readers? What happened in Germany in 1922-23, which is what my book was about, was the printing of money in an uncontrollable way so that the money supply expanded hugely, and eventually the German mark crashed, worth, I think, one mark uh, of 1914 suddenly became worth one million, million, millionth of its former self. Now, that's quite inflation, and we're not expecting that. But nowadays, the great new word for printing money deliberately is quantitative easing. And when countries start quantitative easing, that means they are effectively printing money and there's too much money sloshing around. For people who are not familiar with, the, with Germany in that interwar period, could you give a brief outline about the historical context? Well, we start with the First World War. After five years of war, Germany was totally defeated. They failed to finance their war in any sort of proper way, so the inflation had actually begun. At the end of the war, she was completely uh, defeated. Her economy was in pieces. Uh, when Germany found herself having to pay reparations, the costs of the entire war, uh, to, to, the, to their, her former enemies, the economy simply could not stand it. And the only thing they could do was to print money because they didn't have enough to manage their economy without it. I should explain that they were not printing money in order to pay for the damages of the war because they had to be paid with gold or in kind. This was to keep their own home economy growing. And they printed more and more and more money as demand for actual physical paper increased all the time. The president of the Reichsbank, the German central bank at the time, did not seem to understand that if you print more and more money, prices naturally go up and up and up. The ignorance of the German bank about what relates money to prices uh, was complete. And that's what one of the reasons why that inflation became what was called hyperinflation. Indeed, you describe the German authorities as having been gripped by, and I quote you, a kind of madness. But what you're saying here is that you suggest it's more ignorance rather than madness. It was ignorance in the bank itself. But no, the madness was the effect of this on the German people. Once the currency on which you depend becomes worthless and untrustworthy, then you rush around like anything trying to get rid of your money, trying to find uh, material goods which are worth something, or trying to buy gold, or trying to buy other currencies, or simply trying to buy anything they could to get rid of their money. That was the madness. What's the one anecdote that 
lingers in your mind which illustrates that kind of chaos for you? Well, those, when there was no money, when you couldn't trust the money, then of course the farmers did not want to sell their food for worthless paper. And after a bit, the starvation in the towns and cities meant that people actually went into the countryside to take the food themselves. They used to kill the cows and, and bring them back into the town. There was chaos of that kind. People turned against each other. The country turned against the town. The rich people, if there were any rich people left, became the object of burglaries and everything else. People stopped trusting anybody. And those people, like in the civil service, who had once been totally uncorrupt, became corrupted. It was the corrupting power of all this. Another little thought of how people cope with money disappearing. There was a time when the old price of a tram ticket might be sort of half a mark. And the instructions were to multiply the ordinary price by 650. And that would give you the new, uh, new rate of the tram ticket. Now, by the time you have made that multiplication and counted out all this extraordinary amount of paper, the tram would have stopped for about five minutes while somebody got on and made this calculation. The chaos of having so much paper around, so many denominations coming out of the presses all the time, this was, again, back to the madness you spoke about before. I was very struck after reading your book, and then I came across news reports about the German reaction to America's policy of quantitative easing. And it, it really struck me that the Germans have been the most vehement critics of this policy, and it's almost as if their history has seared something into their memory. Is that your impression too? Yes, very. I'm glad you said that, because the Germans... Uh, they had this terrible experience after the First World War when their currency lost its entire value and they had to start again. That was followed by the Depression uh, in, in, in the early 30s, and that didn't help either. But then after the Second World War, once again, they had raging inflation. But once again, it lost its currency. The mark had become the Reichsmark after the First World War. In 1947-48, the Reichsmark became the Deutschmark. And that is certainly the reason why the Germans, more than anybody else in the world almost, regard their central bank as the trustee of the nation's currency. That is why, at the moment, in the G20, the Germans have been fiercer than anybody else in saying the one thing about money is it's got to keep its value. Adam Ferguson, the author of When Money Dies, now available in the United States in republished form. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. 